Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Monday's Terrace Podcast, uh, a podcast that is not going to try and pretend that we know anything about Law League football, so that's good. Um, <laughs> We've got a Law League special on um, Thursday, night, yeah, so, so if you're looking for Law League content, that'll do it. I believe they're going to laugh at them family for a bit or something, I don't know. Anyway, I'm Graham Phyllis, I'm joined by Craig Allison. Hello. And Tom Watt. Hello. Hello everybody. Um, today we're going to go through a, a few wee features, um, we'll be doing a, a, another number 40 two of the 50 most memorable Scotland matches. Um, there'll also be another patron of the 99 best Scotland players of now last decade, um, which Craig and I will have up later as well. So you can subscribe to that at patreon.com slash terrace podcast. Before we get started, we will have some hotties and notties. Who will give me a hottie? Really obvious one, but Lauren Shankland. <laughs> like, I know it's starting with the statement of the... the, of the bloody obvious but um, yeah another hat trick uh, I, think, I believe that's his, his third of the season um, so scored 32 in league goals in his first 128 games in six seasons since then has 72 in 79 games um, I, th- have, I have a feeling that at one point last year he had scored against every team to have played in the championship in a calendar year, including Dundee United and Ayr yeah. at different points. Um, has scored against now seven of the nine teams in the league um, and seems to be being linked to everyone. A £10 million uh, pound move. Yeah, yeah. Just, Crystal Palace, the latest. The thing is, he has only 24. It's, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and like, it's not like you do it once and it's like, yeah, he's obviously far too good for that, that division, but then you, I mean, that's it, I know he's getting silly. Shangling goes for £10 million pounds and Morelos goes for six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to take the week off. Like, I'm going to have to take the week off because I will break something. <laughs> um, I mean, it's three seasons in a row from starting from League One with him. Yeah. I think since the start of 2018, seven hat tricks. Yeah, we played two of them. He's called four in. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's ludicrous, and he's got more than a goal a game in the league for United so far. It's just ludicrous numbers he's been putting up, and it doesn't matter what level it is. Well, I mean, it matters what level it is if you're playing in the pub leagues or something. But at a, what is still a kind of professional level of football against what is a bunch of full time football teams? It's incredible. And, and Sunday United have really struggled for you know to get out of that division. So yes, it, it, you know yes, he is playing in the best squad with the best resources in that division, but for a team that has been pretty much hoop for two seasons. I think there's there's only been something like five players, six players have hit thirty since the advent of the SPFL. And he's well on his way to yeah, comfortably reaching that this season. Probably one of them is already him. 
I don't think so. I think he's just shot. I think he just fell short of that. So you got uh, a couple last season in Nisbet and Henderson. Griffiths has as well. Dobby has once. I think there's another okay. one in there as well. But um, it's n- it's Rory not an easy thing. Probably Rory McAllister probably. But there's it's a, it's a real sort of handful of players that have done it for some uh, for an idea that it's just easy to score goals at that level. Well, fine. There's there's any number of players that have played at that level that have absolutely failed to do it. So yeah, very good. Um, I'll give you a naughty which is darkness and Jesus and holy hell lads it's dark all the time all the time <laughs> it's dark when I wake up it's dark when I, it's dark when I leave work it's dark from like the afternoon when does the darkness stop? it doesn't, doesn't I, gen- I genuinely feel like it's going to be dark every like all the time for the rest of my life and it's just, honestly it's, it's eating me alive <laughs> I, 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 to be fair I, we, were out, I, we went out for dinner or lunch yesterday and we were walking home and it was about half four and we were celebrating the fact it was it was still not quite fully dark, so we're maybe getting there. But yeah, it's it's, it's horrible. You, you can see why. Like it wasn't that long ago, people in the north of Europe worshipped the sun. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm thinking about 50, bring, 60 years ago. Think, really. Thinking about bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> thinking it might be a wonderful thing to bring back because it's just miserable. So that's my my not is just darkness. It's fucking. <laughs> I uh, my hottie is uh, Ollie McBurney this weekend. He has had, what the <laughs> he has had some weekend. Um, now, independent of his of his football, um, okay, scored for it's one Friday night for Sheffield United. It turned out to be the winner against um, whatever West Ham, um, who, who then had a last minute goal ruled out for for the most uh, controversial. Yeah. Or not controversial. It was the right decision by a shite rule. Yep. Um, so he's got that winning goal, which, which as in itself wasn't a very good goal. He has some sort of exchange with a porn star or a, or a babe station person or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. I didn't read too much into it, but I just read the kind of... It's not something you can Google on a work computer. No, thing. exactly. And then he... Um, not not that I agree with his politics, but he, he tweeted... Uh, G, got G-S-O-G-T. God save our gracious queen. Yeah. It's an unusual one. It's usually just like G-S-T-Q or something. He's, uh, he's put a wee bit of extra effort into it. Again, not, not a bit extra grace. You, not, you do not, need to at this time of year, you know, at the moment, I when no one knows which side you're he's, he's uh, sticking to his convictions. <laughs> and then he is... <laughs> and this one, I, I love this. And this one's the end, uh, making what, what was described um, in a po-faced as an obscene gesture. He was, he was making like, multiple wanker gestures to the Cardiff fans. And I, and I just loved it. Um like, like club, head to toe in like Stone Island clubber like full <laughs> it was awful as well like it was yeah, dreadful yeah, was, dreadful gear like but if, you, stuff, if, like, if you're in, if you're looking for a sort of particular look he fucking smashed it <laughs> he absolutely nailed the look it was just dreadful dreadful gear I but. like how he goes between like hipster hairdresser and like hooligan like so easily because we see him on the park he's like he looks like the boy that I get my hair cut from and it's like I don't know <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'll go hotty. Uh, just a very quick one, which was the the NFL divisional round, uh, which was a, a manic sort of eight hours worth of great entertainment. If you have any, even a passing interest in the sport, the highlights are worth uh, catching up on. If, if only see Marshall Lynch talk about stuff like an actual adult, which was very odd as well. But anyway, moving on from that, Tom, do you have any more? Uh, naughty. Uh, I mean, it's very early on in the year, but the worst newspaper per article. Of the oh, yeah, year yeah. may already have been written. Uh, Bill Lecky's piece about uh, Alfredo Morelos, which, like, obviously it's a tough time to be trying to generate any kind of content and clicks when there's nothing happening. But, you know, we're. Oh, like, he's generated the clicks on it. But, like, if you're, like, weeks late with any kind of hot take on this, like, there's nothing happening at the moment. But it was so scattergun and so. Like lacking in any one focal point, and you know, like highlighting players that had played the game the right way. Basically, the the gist of this, if you if we want to save you a click, is that uh, Alfredo Morelos will never reach the top. He's very unlikable, uh, and his kind of escapades on the park are you know mean that he'll he'll never reach the very top of the game. Um, and I, to sort of the counterpoint to this is he should look at people like uh, Jermaine Defoe. To, for people that have won lots of things, and Alan Shearer who have won lots of things, uh, and and Stephen Gerrard as manager as a who, as a level-headed well, individual who, who, who didn't assault a guy in a club well, for not playing 
Steven Gerrard got sent off after less than a minute in a game against Man United. Like, Jermaine Defoe hasn't won anything, anything of note. Nor has Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer won the, the Premier oh, League yeah, with sorry, Blackburn, yeah, yeah, then went back to Newcastle and was content to see it. And, you know, fair enough if you did that. But, like, even if you're going to hang it on this tenuous, tenuous idea that um, there are these players who are, you know, big game players who have got the mentality to yeah. do it, then at least come up with better examples than like Luis Suarez who doesn't have the winning mentality if you've got like someone like Messi he's quite boring off the park apart from his tax dodging so like there's someone that you could pick however go to Spain the counterpoint of that Diego Costa Morelos is very much in the Diego Costa mould and there have been very few more successful strikers (laughs) in Europe in the last decade than Diego Costa or, or, was, or alternatively you look at somebody like Zlatan Ibrahimovic who's a fucking bell end who nobody likes has won everything everything he can feasibly win he's collected that medal and fucked off arguably the greatest player of all time Diego Maradona was a prick on the pitch like yeah. went out like he got the shit kicked out of him so went back and kicked the shit out of the people <laughs> that, who did that, it like, that, that uh, the Spanish Cup yeah 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 yeah, it's, it's just like, I mean, it has it is, come from a racist point of view. I'm quite happy to, to put those words in my mouth. Um, most people, and, and this comes back to the um, the boy from the Athletic, um, if I, so I always call it the Atlantic, but it is the Athletic, mm-hmm. um, wrote a thing and he, he, he got ratioed and had to lock his account, which was a really successful weekend for, <laughs> for you, Jordan. Um, he's probably listening, hi there. Um, because he said, he said, because there was accusations of racism and I never I just completely blocked the whole fucking thing out because it was tedious which was going to be a minority so we'll, we'll link the two together Rangers sure. and Celtic both of them can fuck off um, <laughs> the, there was all that stuff I never watched any of these videos and I, I assume there was some racist stuff I presume, I presume, I presume, I presume, I presume so yeah, as well but presume, yeah. it was yeah. then like but you can see you can see them all around the grounds people shouting at him people being angry at him when he celebrates goals and although they don't say it these people are jet are definitely, you know what they're thinking, and it was implying, like, the people who are angry at Alfredo Morelos for things like being a shit, scoring goals against your team, celebrating in front of you, are doing it for racist reasons, which I thought was completely wrong and out of order. However, that is not to say that he hasn't suffered racism, which he had. And it's not been the sort of overt racism that you maybe saw 20 years ago. It's been from folk like like Bill Leckie, um, Keith Jackson, and the sort. Like it's not been that kind of overt stuff, but it's been been an undercurrent for some yeah, time yeah. about Alfredo Morales, yeah. which is disgraceful. Yeah, it's not, yeah. and he's and he's he, he probably I think he's the best player in the country at the moment, and he'll leave soon. And they're not the other thing that annoys me is you'll get these like self righteous Rangers fans who'll be like, oh, he was driven out of the country. And he's like, no, he wasn't yeah. driven out of the country. Yeah. He was always going to leave. Alfredo Morelos, I can tell you right now, does not give the slightest fuck what Bill Leckie thinks of him. It makes no, it makes no yeah. imprint in his life. So let's not say he was driven out either. He will leave for very good money for Rangers. He'll he will leave, for, for, he will leave to make loads of money somewhere else. He's like a, almost in the region of what Shanklin might go for. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, my favourite line in the whole thing was, it's so many of them as ever the average fan hates about a, a certain type of modern player. The cynicism, the deviousness and the absence, the absence of joy. Bill, you don't know me. You know (laughs) nothing of this, Bill. It's like that idea of the Corinthian spirit of the um, 60s when essentially football existed. The the entire sport existed of kick the one talented player in the opposing team and then just... Like punt the ball for the rest of the game. That was essentially what football was in that era. But we thought like Scotland has a fairly long-standing tradition of some excellent shit housing footballers. We're we're sorely missing some shit housing footballers at, at, at the moment. I, just the idea that because I, I don't know he's a he's a very easy target. He does make it doesn't make life easy for himself and everything. But it's frustrating on both sides that yes he does suffer suffer racism, but on the other side. Articles like this give us ammunition because they are so heavily skewed. Like they're, you know, you don't have to look that far back. And some of the players that he cites, uh, the whole thing was just a fucking mess. Get in the bin. Anyway, <laughs> right. So following on from the Queen, uh, her grandson <laughs> and her and his, his new wife, uh, Meghan Markle, Glenn Whelan, John Daly, and Christoph Berra from Hearts. 
and me and my ex-girlfriend, some breakups are just fucking brilliant to watch. <laughs> so we thought we'd take the opportunity to talk through some of the best breakups that we've seen in Scottish football. Does somebody want to start us on a really good breakup? I mean, the, the the classic of recent times has to surely be Brendan Rodgers and Celtic. That's, I mean, it's a very obvious one, but it it's just it's so deep. It's like, you know, he, he he's taken the keys to the car. He's like taken the pet family pet, and for like. The, you know, the Celtic Twitter account will no, still t- wish... He t- only went to uh, Arsenal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Celtic Twitter account wish, like, Ronnie Dyla good luck in his new job and still wish, like, fucking Enrico Anoni happy birthday. <laughs> you know, there's this idea that, you know, once a, once a, once a, a Celtic, Celtic family. family. Yeah, always a Celtic... But, but again, <laughs> won seven consecutive trophies and subsequently has gone on to great success and, uh, you know, everyone's kind of seen that that was a justifiable oh, my, my decision. My is that Leicester will finish outside the top four. I hope not, because I've got a decent a bet on them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it still obviously cuts really deep, and considering there's not really been a noticeable difference in the state of things since he's left, um, for, for something that's kind of been business as usual, you could even argue they've probably gone further in Europe than they might have, uh, I, certainly, the, the, than he did. Um then it was good for uh, good for everyone all around, but it's just oh, it's that one that stings. That one still it's, that's, stings. The, the the progression in Europe, I think, is quite an interesting one. In that, it's almost like the relationship ended, and I'm definitely thriving, thriving. I'm thriving, and I've not checked and on their social media pages every day at about 4.25 every single day for the past six months. I'm thriving though, absolutely thriving. It was the fact as well, like. Throughout the whole time he was here, like fans of every other team in Scotland, and we we did it quite a lot. We're like calling Brendan Rodgers out as a very very obvious bullshitter in pretty much everything that he did. Celtic fans were defending him, and you can kind of see that from like relationships of like people I've known, and they're like you're like no sure she's uh, you know you're like maybe pointing out these wee things. You're not trying. You're trying to get your friends. You're trying to be polite. So you're like. Mm-hmm. And then and then they kind of defend them and they're like, okay, none of my business. And then all of a sudden they leave and you're like, oh, right. So I was right all along, and they start like giving you all exactly the same part that you were having. And <laughs> um, that's kind of like what it was like. Oh, the Clyde Tunnel thing suddenly became funny for them. They were like, oh, yeah, of course it happened. Oh, <laughs> of course he was a lifelong Celtic fan, even though he's like mumbling along with the words of these songs. Uh, the Billy story the, as well. Yeah, that and all that coming out is just. Aye, it's a, it's a good shout. Everyone else saw it coming, except them. Uh, I will go for Andy Webster as a sort of long-term, ongoing, still quite bitter breakup. Mm. Andy Webster obviously bailed out on Hearts uh, and was named, gave himself a, a named ruling yeah. through the Webster ruling by bailing out on Hearts, going to Wigan because he cancelled his contract and then heading for Rangers, which... I think everyone had assumed that was his intended destination in the first place, which then went absolutely dreadfully. Um, Barely played for Rangers, and yet in his time, while still as a Rangers player, managed to win uh, another Scottish Cup um, on his way to, uh, well, at Dundee United, and then somehow ended up back at Hearts. And my abiding memory, Andy Webster, was being at a, a Dundee United Hearts game when he was a United player. And about five minutes into the match, the Hearts fans unveiled a banner with a hangman on it, which said, we hope you rot in pieces, Andy Webster. <laughs> which, I've looked a few times to see if I could find any photos of it or any, but I can only rely on my own eyes. Um, but it was up in the Hearts end for roughly about 25 seconds. I've never seen Stewards move faster um, to go and grab a banner and pull it down. Um, and then one. Scottish Cup with them and then, he went back to win as, after leaving Dundee United and winning a Scottish Cup with them went back to Hearts to win his second Scottish Cup with Hearts even though I don't think he really counts the first one because um, he was dropped for the final after falling out with Romanov um, yeah all in all a very very odd episode who I think the, the biggest losers in all of it in the end I think might have been our Bro football club as they had a sell on when he left them to go to Hearts which I don't know whether they ever got any money from him at all from that as well so Far from the only small business that Hearts have not paid their dues to. Um, <laughs> um, so my choice is uh, Jordan Jones and Kilmarnock. Um, <laughs> carrying out all the all the kind of 
you know, the, the great relationship you when when she's just new and the, um, arrives at the club. You know, like, don't know her, just kind of getting the feel of it. And, yeah, no, do like this one, do like this one. Starting to get better and better and you start to feel the kind of enjoyment of the relationship, kind of constantly improving. You're starting to really love what's going on. And then you start to get the murmurings of everything's not quite right here. Um, you start to kind of get the... Um, yeah, that sense that maybe this isn't going to last much longer, but you're hoping maybe um, you know she'll disappear quite far away. Um, <laughs> but then, then instead you find out she's uh, you know they've been cheating on you with someone quite close, um, which is obviously when he um, you know you're, you're hoping he disappears to England or whatever. He, he instead uh, pops up with his "We Are the People" tweet while still a commandment player, and you're like, okay, that that's essentially cheating. That's the kind of the equivalent. But then you kind of have that last little hurrah of like, um, maybe I can forgive them when he scores the winner um, against Rangers. But then eventually you're like, no, sneak after all. Um, <laughs> and I'm not bitter about it anyway, but that's, that's, um, that's one for me. The, 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 like, Bosman has opened up like an entire new history. That just opened an entire new era of possibilities for bitterness for like either for players that you know disappear off to, to, to rivals or like young players who disappear down south and there's an irrational like there's a rational hatred of them even when they did quite well like there are still a lot of Aberdeen fans who are very very angry at Fraser Fivey going to Wigan at like who won the FA Cup you know paid him enough money that he can you know swan around at 26 he's, he's, at essentially, he's essentially and now just like a professional from the Scottish Cup as well he's a professional TikTok guy yeah well Weirdly, his, his Twitter has hashtag uh, blockchain as well, so yeah. I'm, I, I'm assuming there's, I don't he's know got enough money to invest in other things. I just hope that was a bit from him. <laughs> no, there was a video of him um, doing yeah. a, a Chinese New Year song on TikTok, and I must have watched it. I think it's had like 200,000 views, and I reckon about 70,000 of them are just me watching it going, this is brilliant, <laughs> really enjoy this, really happy about this, really, really enjoyed the Fraser Five about this. Uh, yeah, that was a real, a real chippiness on that. Uh, speaking of chippiness, um, I've got a, an ongoing. Um, if my pal asked you, would you say yes? Approach, um, which is Celtic and John McGinn, um, <laughs> which just went on forever. Just like would, would you? Similar to David Turnbull as well, which is also on my list. But just if my pal asked you, would you would you say yes? Would you say yes? Would you say, maybe 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 not? And then immediately, as soon as going. No, to be honest, I've got no real interest in this. Oh, you can need tits anyway. <laughs> Tight anyway. Don't need them. And it still continues to this day of people pretending that John McGinn wouldn't have been the best signing that Celtic oh, have made in like a decade. Oh, well, to be fair, um, I have been, for, for my own obvious reasons, uh, searching Yusuf Malumba's name on Twitter. <laughs> see, see, what, see what he's up to these days. Um, and... There's been a bunch of Celtic fans like tweeting um, the, the frequency of them increased after the, the Old Firm game before Christmas that Brendan Rodgers wanted McGinn and they got given the Lumbu and that was um, you know part of the reason why he left and so there are some Celtic fans who are not kind of um, although then there have been folk in the replies that McGinn was that good anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, also Yusuf Malumbu appeared to be um, if you go onto his Twitter account he appeared to be tweeting to like some filmmaker about they was making a film about Palestine or something and it was all a bit weird and I feel like there was some scam involved and I was slightly confused about it all I didn't investigate any further I'm just uh, yes you did he's, he's also, <laughs> yes you did also his Twitter account is still him um, wearing a Celtic strip which I think is a bit odd so I'm not convinced he's in control of it <laughs> There we go. Anyway. Your weekly update on the affair of us. Talking of breakup situations. Uh, I mean, if you want this in a, in a relationship parable, the the sort of um, Italian beauty that comes to Scotland and, you know, there's their sparks fly. Is David Grassi? No, God. <laughs> yeah, turns up at your door in a mask. <laughs> this is a different story. It's an entirely different story. You know, like sparks fly initially and everything's going really, really well. And then, you know, it's not going quite so well. There's a bit of a dispute about who who's going to stay where and then ends up you're, you start staying in, in, in other houses and it ultimately breaks down and then she may or may not headbutt you outside Dens Park. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Patricio Bilio. Uh, who just like such a weird... I was reading about it again today because uh, I just 
it's such it's, an it's a odd. Weekly, it's a weekly thing. It's, I mean, I do occasionally. I'm reminded of it, and there's it's one of the most annoying games. I'll come on to this in a minute. One of the most annoying games I've ever been at. But um, anyway, like Patricia Bello, I think it's probably a bit of a stretch to call him a cult hero because he at Dundee because he didn't play that often, but came in at a time when a whole bunch of like exciting foreigners were, were, were coming in. He had played in Syria. He had played for, for Crystal Palace down south. Um, so there's a played at a decent standard and wasn't half bad. Like could 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 play a bit. Um got into a bit of a contract dispute at uh, uh, um at Dens, was sent to train with the reserves, uh was fined for not turning up for training and then I guess legally by the courts of the land was in no way headbutted by a director outside Dance Park, according to the the courts, which is obviously what definitely happened. The, so, like, just how quickly that that, that entire thing degraded. Um, but signed for Aberdeen, and I'm, like very shortly after uh, he left, he signed for Aberdeen, and Aberdeen played Dundee, and he was on the bench, and it was like, yep. Yeah, Brilliant. This is like he he all the talk had been he you know he needed to pay back Bonetti. Uh, oh no, it must have been shortly after Bonetti had left, but he needed to pay back the uh, Dundee for everything that had happened to him there. And uh, at nil nil, Scottsdale's got him on the bench, and Aberdeen murder Dundee. Julian Sproni has an unbelievable good game, unbelievably good game. Like saves like three or four makes unbelievable saves. Sixty minutes into the game, like. Billy has got to come on. He's got to come on. Like Nicholas Fabiano was having a pretty rough game in the centre of the park. It wasn't a vintage year, um, <laughs> and Billy will starts like warming up, and you could see that he was totally psyched. He was really pumped to get on the pitch, and Scovdal didn't bring him on. Mm. Just kept sending him on to warm up in front of the home fans, and we drew that game nil nil. And I've, I mean, I've never been so sure that a, a pretty average player who played you know, nine games or something like that, would score a goal. Uh, but I was convinced yeah. about that game and it didn't You're happen. Deprived of the chance. Um, I'll go for uh, Derek McInnes and midfields, <laughs> um, which seem to have broken up quite a long time ago. Um, he now regularly picks teams with like five defenders and five forwards <laughs> in them. It makes no sense to me. Uh, and they're fourth in the league still. So who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, does that round off again anymore? I was going to just briefly do the uh, Partick Thistle and the sort of the the culling of the cult hero. Yeah, that was, um, that, that's a, that's a painful one. Which is just a, a brutal a brutal way of doing it. Um, the 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 cult heroes who were who have kind of been pushed out over the last few years, Chris Doolan, and that they've obviously admitted culpability there and said it was was badly handled. But you know. It, Definitely was um, sending sending Chris Dillon up to Garskew to train with the reserves because they, oh they they've only got nine and they need ten on you go Chris like, that's it's disgraceful club legend and he probably what he'd do is he'd kidnap the SES and look at this test rebuild reinforced windows in but yeah, I mean, a bit, a bit like Chris Erskine. Similarly, obviously, not not quite as much of a club legend, but a very useful player who's fallen upwards. Um, was was likewise training with well, the both reserves. Both of them have fallen upwards because Dylan's playing several yeah. ones above them at the moment as well. Uh, well, that that does seem to be a recurring theme. I mean, like Stevie Lawless as well, freed a couple of seasons ago, uh, admittedly when they went down. But there there does seem to be a recurring theme of. Part of this all falling out and culling players who are far too good. It's, it's, it's the, 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 the equivalent of somebody who continually dumps people who then go out and have much a better really, lives. With a them. really big, fat, obnoxious, <laughs> horrendous. It's essentially Newman out of sight. Yes. Who keeps dating attractive women, dumping them, and then yeah. excellent, excellent. <laughs> Um, so that was uh, that was that was a bunch of that was cathartic for all of us. I feel. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to the the next on the the, the fifty most memorable Scotland matches. Um, this was actually like kind of a double really, um, which is number forty two on the list, I believe, which is from December nineteen eighty five, or sorry, November and December nineteen eighty five, which is Scotland to Australia now, uh, an inter confederation playoff. That's a confusing. Yeah. Um... So Scotland had to, because Scotland were the only, in the only group of four in the qualifying group, and we finished second behind Spain. 
Um, <clears throat> we had to draw with Wales in the final qualifying game, and that was the game I think it's possible on this list. It is, yeah. Where, uh, where the Bajoxtein um, died on the on the touchline um, towards the end of the game after we we scored the penalty to equalise um, to send us to this playoff. Um, it was obviously quite tragic in itself. Um, and it was weird actually. I was looking, so I was looking at news reports, um, and the Glasgow Herald from the next day on the front page had about a half page at the top headline saying manager Justine dies at, um, at, on touchline and the match report on the back was still a football match report where the first line was just like something like Scotland said it sealed their place however the death of uh, Jock Steen um, obviously dampened celebrations then went on to give a full match report <laughs> so I'm like it's, it's obviously how times have changed and how people because mm. We're now about as close to World War Two as we were to to that game. Not quite, but we're not far off that. How people's like perspective on yeah. death yeah. has changed, and now it's like imagine if that happened now, it would be like yeah. pages and yeah. pages for days and days, and they wouldn't even print a match report, and it would be like oh, it's, it's, there would be like a footnote on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. By the way, Scotland Scotland won, but that but that was decided, and because we were in a group of four and we finished behind Spain, we actually had to wait for Spain to beat Iceland at home. To be sure that we were we wouldn't win the group, Spain went were one 0 down at half time, but but did win two one, so we finished second and had to play the winners of the um, weird group that was the Oceania group, except yes. that the teams in it were Australia, New Zealand, Chinese Taipei, which is Taiwan, yeah. and um, well, the block, the bots will be blocking us for saying that, but nonetheless, and uh, Israel. <laughs> I thought yeah. was getting blocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, because um, obviously nobody wanted to play either Chinese Taipei or Israel with them being kind of international pariahs. Um, Do you want to know the best thing that happened, or the, not maybe not the best thing, but the the most incredible thing that happened in that group? So, uh, as you say, Australia played Israel, um, and when Australia played Israel in Melbourne, which national anthem do you think they played for the Israeli team? <laughs> Palestine. <laughs> No, no, West Germany. <laughs> no way. What? Yeah, 100%. They, they, so the, the, footage, the footage for that is available <laughs> on YouTube. So Australia are playing Israel um, in Melbourne. And mistakenly, apparently, uh, the Australians played the West German national anthem for the Israeli <laughs> national team. Now, now, I have, now, I have some other piece of information here that might make that seem somewhat less accidental. Now, I, I, I still want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, Australia has a reputation as being something of a bit of a racist country, which I think is unfair. Um, and it's, having... it's, it's not like they played a few bars from it and stopped. Well, they probably didn't know right, to be fair. They, they, they played the whole thing. They played it start to finish, the West German national anthem. Um, <laughs> I, right, so I, I give them the benefit. I lived there for, for a while and... and Certainly, the cities are not racist places, are very multicultural and all that. Well, they like that then, I don't know. So, I mean, and it would be a horrific thing to do, so maybe it wasn't deliberate. However, I did also have information from that same game, um, or around about that game, which is that before they were playing, this was a big game for Australia, like they had to beat Israel. I think Israel were probably the favourites for that qualifying group. And before they played Israel, like they had a reputation for being hard men, the Australia team, and being physical. They arranged an open training game against each other where it was all stage managed to be especially physical and they let this they let like the media and all that in to watch it. Well they basically kicked seven shades of shit out of each other to intimidate the Israeli players. And it says on the um it says it's from the Herald from round about the time of this and it said that the Israelis changed their kind of silky style and got bogged down in the Australian kind of game and therefore were allowed to So I think they were using every dirty trick up until this, although as we'll find out, they did not use the thing their dirtiest trick they had available to them come the um, come the Scotland Australia game. This is like this is thirty five years ago. Yeah. It's not no, it's not that long ago, and it sounds like this is like sort of Dickensian. Australia <laughs> beat Australia um, beat Scotland. Sorry, Australia beat. Um, New Zealand in the game to qualify, which which sent them through about ten days before they had yeah. to play in a playoff mm. in Glasgow. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Our, our qualifying campaign was done in what was it March nineteen eighty five, and we didn't know who we were playing right up until like a week before. The tickets just had 
no team versus yeah. Scotland, so it was just a case of you, you, you were buying tickets. There was going to be a playoff on this date. Yeah. You were buying tickets for this, but right up until the, the very last minute, it wasn't sure and whether it was going to be Israel or uh, Australia. I still have a timely note. Scotland called off, um, the Scottish Premier League called off two rounds of fixtures because... Unlike now, where it's quite easy to get to Australia, the players literally had like a like the time the time of journey to get to Australia. They had to leave about they left about a week, a week and a bit before mm. the game um, to get there to obviously give them time to acclimatise. There, there was still quite a short turnaround because yeah, I think the, the game was on the fourth. Yeah. Well, there was a there was another league game on the tenth of yeah. December, six days later. Because um, in Dundee United had to play a European game where the players basically had to I think basically go from that game. So that was interesting, but the, the first leg to, to start thing. I mean, maybe you've got the, the date. Have you got any information about the date or anything? No, I don't. No, in November. I didn't do it. It's the twentieth of November. It's yeah. in the day, but Scotland um, were overwhelming favourites. Still, again, that's a very good Scotland squad against Australia, and arguably the best Scotland. Yeah, I'm looking at this it's team. It's, I mean, also, also from watching the highlights, Scotland were at an immediate advantage as the Australian centre half was taking the goal kicks, which immediately I was like, <laughs> if, if we'd lost this game, I'd fucking <laughs> just shut us down. But, but what I found, I mean, they were talked about Australia being physical and they got um, a boy booked inside about three minutes for absolutely melting Gordon Strachan. Yeah. I would be a red card today. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean that was football this season it was probably a sign of things to come for striking from the World Cup that he did qualify when the Uruguay did the same to him um, Graham Souness Graham Souness let's remember called the Australians a bunch of street fighters <laughs> Graham Souness this is before we played them so he'd obviously watch whatever it was Wise Scout uh, yeah, the Wise Scout of the day which I mean videos um, it did say that the Australian manager wasn't at the post-match celebrations from when they beat New Zealand to qualify for the playoff because he was in his office watching videos of Scotland v Wales he was also known as Mad Dog I, think, yeah. I believe yeah. Uh, he appears to have been a character <laughs> <laughs> so Scotland Scotland had fell out at Hamden for this game I think it was on a Wednesday night or something like that uh, in goal Jim Leighton uh, back for Steve Nicholl at right back uh, McLeish and Miller centre half pairing Morris Malpass at left back uh, midfield with Strachan Roy Aitken Graham Souness and David Cooper up front Kenny Dalglish and making his debut for Scotland Frank McAvenny. Um and with an astonishing haircut the, the oh, hair was yeah um, it's iconic the uh, peak Mac of it and Scotland had been managed by Alec Ferguson because he had been Jockstein's assistant and um, took over and indeed did so in the World Cup as well um, which is a spoiler I suppose but um, <laughs> and Scotland were frustrated for the whole first half um, didn't, didn't score that had chances Australia were just kicking fuck out of us and doing yeah. nothing else um, and it kind of started I think there was a frustration it did seem like there was booing going off at half time whether yeah. that was for Scotland for Australia for the referees for whatever I don't know but there was booing it missed a couple of good chances but nothing kind of too clear cut and so it did seem frustrating but then Australia kind of kicking fuck out of his kind of eventually backfired because he gave us a free kick on the edge of the box David Cooper absolutely melts yeah. in the bottom yeah. but even the even the, like the looking at the footage again and it is like this sort of rugby league wall you know, there's it's this disorganised wall of what looks like eight players and all eleven players in the box. Not even yeah. like someone hanging up, like just all sort of. There's a huge wall that's, that's disorganised, and still David Cooper managed to absolutely leather it into the opposite bottom and corner. Australia were part time, so it was like yeah. a, like amateur footballers and stuff like that. Most of them, I think, the um, striker Mitchell had just left Rangers, yep. went on to play in the Bundesliga, and, and went back to I think, play for Chelsea after that. He's, he's viewed as a sort of uh, Australian football pioneer because he was one of the first guys to leave and go and play in other other bits of the world, really. Um, and then not long after that, um, Frank McAvenny on his debut scored um, a second nice goal. goal. It was a nice, nice goal. goal. Yeah. Um, he kind of got a kind of long chipped ball. He got nodded into his path. He kind of nice touch, and then he kind of the keeper rushes out and yeah. he walks it yeah. over him. And it was really nice. It's a really nice. Play. I think it's Kenny Douglas that flicks it on. Yeah, and it's yeah. a really nice. Like if it was, if he did that with his feet. It was just like just too far for the defender to get into, and just didn't break my stride. does it the head. It was great. I always enjoy watching old Scotland footage that has Dalglish in it because you watch you watch a bunch of them and you can see like Souness and Strachan are all very very good players, but they do feel a little bit of that era. Yeah. Whereas you look at Dalglish and go, "You'd do a job now, yeah. fine. Mm. You you would still be an absolutely tremendous footballer now um, at any level. Would you'd be absolutely fine." Frank McAvenny after that goal, I think it was on a commentary, was being compared to Dennis Law. 
Um, he did not score another goal for Scotland. Um, Bayer scored an important one because um, um, then we missed a sitter. McAvain again, I think, missed an absolute yeah. sitter to make it 3 0. Uh, Cross came in from the left and he just uh, about six yards out and, and could put it in. Um, Graham Sharp came on for Kenny Dalglish. Jim Beck came on for Jordan, yeah, Gordon Strachan. We saw it out for a 2 0 win. And I think, I mean, Scotland are fairly comfortable with that, having to go out to Australia. The Australian manager um, kind of admitted Scotland had been valued for the results, but he was kind of bullish about it. And he um, actually said in a post-match interview, to warn Scotland they'd have to bring their sunscreen. And was, he, I think he'd intended to, they wanted the game played in like the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. 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 He wanted it in, in, in Darwin on a Darwin paddock. Is what, like, someone said <laughs> that he said it came from him. They wanted it basically in the most inhospitable conditions possible. Yeah. And it's a very sore note in Australia still to this day. I had a boss that I worked with um, over there and he was furious about the fact that the Australian FA sold, essentially sold them down the river and played it in Melbourne on a, um, 8, 8 o'clock at night. Um, Melbourne can be the most temperate city in um, or Melbourne or Sydney, both kind of not nearly so hot. And at that time, partly to suit Scottish TV viewers because we would buy the rights and stuff. Yeah. Because um, that was like nine in the morning in Scotland, rather than it would have been much earlier. But they think, you know, if they brought us to like some roasting hot place on a shape pitch um, in the middle of the day, we we may little have... do they know that's where we play most of our <laughs> yeah, the shape pitches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he seemed to become a character that manager. But yeah, it's a genuine sore point for Australians this game. Like, good, um, good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> then um, there was um, there was some nonsense around the second leg. Um, Kenny Kenny Dalglish, I don't know if you, you looked into this story. Kenny Dalglish did not travel to the second why leg. Why did he not travel? Because if you if you look at the footage, the highlights that are available for the second leg are him sitting in a studio talking yes. about it. But I couldn't find it. Right, so why wasn't why it? do you think Kenny Dalglish might not have travelled? No, no. Um, Rights issues. No, no, no. Kenny Dalglish was at the same time the Liverpool manager, <laughs> and they had a game. <laughs> and basically, the SFA Alec Ferguson said, Fuck. <laughs> Alec Ferguson said, Liverpool have been very good to us with um, letting us have Kenny and, and release him because clubs didn't have to release yeah. their players at this point, it was a very different time. Um, and Liverpool had a game like two days after. In, he had to, it was his job and they said we're quite confident we can get through it without him um, that was uh, that would have been Kenny Douglas's 100th cap for Scotland he went on to get it in a friendly at Hamden he did then miss the World Cup through injury um, but just it's just ludicrous to think that only what 35 years ago we had a Scotland Scotland best striker <laughs> Missing again because he's the manager of one of the biggest clubs in the world. It, it, it doesn't make sense. What I really enjoyed most about the second leg was how it genuinely looks like if you step forward in time in the space yeah. of about a fortnight, just because it's played in, in like bright lights. Yeah. So the footage from Hamden all looks as if it was filmed on like a potato, whereas the footage from Australia all just looks incredible because it's bright and it's light and people look like. Happy? Well, <laughs> anything else? Um, that's the that's sun. That's that sun that's thing that, you're talking about again. Bring it all back around. It's the difference yeah. in attitude between the two countries. It's generally like when I live here and people say, How are you doing in the morning? You're like, Yeah, fine. Over there, if you went, Yeah, fine, they would be like, Of course, everything's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> After like, Oh, great, magic, brilliant. Yeah. I, like, I became such a positive person very briefly. Um, Second leg, we see Richard Goff uh, coming for Stephen Nichol, uh, Paul McStay in for Gordon Strachan, and, and David Speedy in for Kenny Dalglish. And like the reason we go through is Jim Layton, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Jim Layton is incredible, which is again I know well, I presume the guys will come out to whenever the, the, the Scotland Wales games come up comes up and I think we talked about this before and we're talking I can't remember why we're talking with Jim Layton, but we're talking about Jim Layton. And he came off at half time in the Scotland Wales game after he missed a cross and had to do a sort of point blank save because he'd lost the contact lens. Mm, and yeah. Jockstein was absolutely furious because he had no idea that Leighton wore contact lenses and, was, and neither did Alex Ferguson yeah at that point who was his club manager and had been <laughs> for six years totally <laughs> oblivious to the fact that um, Jim Leighton wore contact lenses and it was Alan Ruff came on the second half there as well um, <laughs> yeah, and held through teeth um, but the fact that Leighton was restored to the starting lineup for the for the, the playoff games in the end feels is a very very big deal because some of the saves he makes in Australia games as, as well as that, more than anything else, when you talk about how football's changed and football's changed enormously, the, the main difference between football in this game and modern football is number one, you can't kill people anymore. 
And number two, you can't shoot from about 45 yards with absolute cannon mm. shots anymore, yeah. um, which Leighton was just batting away at all different angles as well. Um, I also enjoyed that it looked very much like they were essentially just sitting on a park bench mm. rather than a dugout. Every, every time it cuts to the sideline, it's just a bunch of guys in tracksuits sitting on a bench. But that's a, there's a few grounds at Leighton's too because it doesn't, it, it doesn't no point, it? as well. Yeah. I might have helped you in the in this sun. I had to move to, I went to a game in Central Coast and I had to move to the other stand because I was worried I was going to get sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does not happen in Scotland. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have much on the second leg. Um, really, I watched it once. I bought a, I bought a DVD once with a guy selling like DVDs of old football games and I bought a DVD of this for like, as a part of a lot of them. Um, and I remember it being yeah, Scotland back to the wall, but ultimately yeah, it had a superior yeah, quality really, to Australia. Really which was, uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, Ferguson's comments after the match, which is, I mean, bearing in mind Scotland have just qualified for the World Cup, uh, they asked Ferguson, they've got a live video link with um, Dougie Donnelly and uh, Kenny Dalglish, as I said, sitting in the studio talking to Alex Ferguson on the other side of the world. Like, Alex, how do you feel about that? And he's like, oh, I'm really disappointed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic. After, like, three days after the Cup Winners' Cup final when he slays yeah. the Aberdeen team for winning for the winning Scottish the Cup. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is, I mean, this is one of a number to bring out a kind of Australian perspective. It's kind of, it's a sore point for them and it, it was one of a number of playoff failures that they had. They qualified in 78, um, which was up until very recently their only World Cup then in 82 they lost a big game to New Zealand which um, the, the New Zealand ended up playing us at that yeah. World Cup they had this one with us I can't remember what happened in 1990 but I don't think they got near it um, 94 they lost to a Maradona inspired Argentina in the playoff um, very narrowly 98 Terry Venables took them um, they, they were 2-0 up against Iran yeah. and then yeah. they conceded two goals late on um, and then 2002 they lost to Uruguay and then there's an amazing documentary on YouTube of 2006 when they finally did it and they beat Uruguay on penalties yeah. um, in, at the MCG I think it was in Melbourne and um, it goes to penalties and John Aloisi battles in because they were ahead in penalties Mark Viduka misses one then Mark Schwarzer pulls off an incredible save from Zalayeta and then John Aloisi battles one and then the, the documentary of it's amazing but every time I watch it I'm like it just makes me like yearn for that day that Scotland do the same thing. <laughs> actually there was some really nice quotes from a guy called Jim Patikas who played in the second yeah. leg and weirdly was coached by Ferguson at Aberdeen okay. um, and he was saying you have to remember some of the Scotland team had big stars like Kenny Dalglish Graham Souness Alex McLeish and Ferguson's manager some of the soccer who's were born in Scotland and England uh, and we've treated those guys like idols and I would have been scared shitless of them because they'd spent they'd seen them so many times on television we could have done some damage for sure if we attacked more but I'm sure Frank Arrow knew, knew if we'd played open, openly we would have risked getting smashed looking back having started in both legs we could have shown a bit more enterprise but in hindsight it's a, but hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it it was nice to bump into Ferguson after six years he gave me a hug and asked me how I was going <laughs> and like every bit of that story like that all makes a lot of sense yeah. Yeah. you know that Ferguson remembered every single player he ever kind of saw yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, again Pacus as well said that he was he was in the under 20s and we trained with the first we trained with the first team uh, Archie Knox was his coach and he was the assistant to he was Ferguson's assistant that's how I learned the way of life as a footballer I played with Gordon Strachan Alex McLeish Eric Black and Scottish captain Willie Miller all those boys I spent time with them um, he kind of admits that he, he just didn't know how to be an adult and mm. be a professional footballer there um, spent a lot of time partying and drinking and fucking about really rather than being a footballer um, yeah it was this was a lot of fun to watch actually because I didn't really know an awful lot about it and it also sent me down um, a hole looking at um, other inter-confederation playoffs oh, yeah. In, yeah. involving UEFA, UEFA teams which always seem totally mad the Ireland v Iran one as yeah. well yeah. so you got Wales Israel from 1958 Wales won Spain against Morocco from 1962, which made me great laugh. Um, <laughs> Yugoslavia against South Korea from 1962. Um, Hungary pumped Bolivia in 1978, which it was like 9-2, which seems utterly surreal. Uh, Scotland, Australia in 1986. I- Ireland, Iran in 2002, which is crackers as well. But the, my favourite is the Soviet Union versus Chile oh, yes. yeah. in 1974, <laughs> which didn't actually happen. So they played the first leg in the Soviet Union and then the Soviet Union refused to travel to Chile because Pinochet had just taken over and the stadium that they wanted to play the game in was where Pinochet had been executing people. Um, so they were... Can... Re- sorry. No, no, go. Can you guess which um, uh, UEFA international country went on a tour of Chile about three years later? Was it England? It wasn't England. <laughs> was it us? It was Scotland. Yes. Oh. Um, Excellent. 
Excellent. Uh, but no, that, that's good. That's like, yeah, but those uh, Australian ones are, are incredible to watch back. And there's a guy, Johnny Warren, who was like the king of Australia. Like, he was a former player. He played in the, the 78 team and he's like the kind of dawn of Australian football, really beloved. And he, like that Iran game, they go back to him in the studio and he's like genuinely in tears. The guy, and he's like a big hard man guy and he's like so upset about it. And then he was kind of campaigning for him to move to um, Asia. And then he died just before they had cancer and he died just before they beat um, Uruguay. So that kind of mm. documentary yeah. was centred around the guy. But he had his thing of like, I told you so. That was his like, saying. <laughs> and so, so when they were like in the 2006 World Cup, he said he said before it, he said, when Australia becomes like a force in world football, I'm going to be there to say I told you so. And so it's like the, the, the thing of the Australian team. And so they keep, they keep kind of saying, because they've qualified for everyone since yeah. then. Mm. Um, which, which yeah, from from that perspective, he, he's a guy that um, there's a really good Copa ninety with uh, Ellie Mangum as well because he's obviously mass- he, he, yeah. he, he, I think he loves this really national team more than anything else in the first place, um, and he's he goes through all the, the all the playoff misses and stuff like yeah. that as well, and you see it genuinely like hurts him just to talk about it. And it's talk it's such a horrible way. Like, see, our way of qualifying where we are in a group, right? And it doesn't all normally build up to like one big game but yeah. their qualification basically built up to one big game every four years and that must be so you're playing shite shite yeah. shite shite beating team 31-0 mm. Mark Bosnich scoring penalties <laughs> in your qualifiers and then you turn up and you've got to raise your level to play against good teams and it's like how do you possibly do that it's so yeah. I think um, yeah, it's been a big move for them to go to Asia. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, my real takeaway from this is that I'm, I'm all for more inter-federation playoffs. I realise this means that there's very little chance of being able to go to games, yeah. but then again, what chance have I got anyway? Um, Uzbekistan away, please. Yeah, just like, just like ludicrous ones. Like, let's go, like, again, let's go play Chile in a playoff to qualify for something. Like, That'd be a great... Bring it on. Aye, worldwide qualifiers. That's yeah. what we need. A worldwide nations worldwide league. Nations league. Uh, I think that'll do us for today, guys. Um, so thank you very much for tuning in and listening. Um, as I said earlier, the, there's a Patreon of the next 10 in the, was it 70 to 61 of the, the the best Scotland players of the last decade, um, which we'll, we'll begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel and that light might be a train, but we'll find out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, you can subscribe to that at patreon.com slash terrace podcast. Uh, the guys will be back, as we said, on Thursday with a lower league show. Uh, thank you very much, Craig, for hosting us today and taking us to the Scotland game. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tom, for coming along and sharing your knowledge of uh, Billio. Bil- <laughs> <laughs> Thank Thanks very much, guys. Speak to see you all soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.